No, they know you never talk about your money. Right, so at Liverpool in the 80s, you, you'd no idea. No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than we <laughs> <he> were. <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So many critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. All right, 20 past eight, OTB AM, Friday morning, quick picks. Will, Ashling, morning to you. Morning, lads. Top of the morning, lads. How are we doing? Good now, not too bad. How are you? Oh, good. I think. Mildly um, nervy about a Talton Cup semi final between our counties, Adrian Barry, but aside from that. I'm not that nervous, Will. Of course you're not. Uh, <laughs> awfully barely able to train last night due to a virus, and they've lost one of their most important players. So this is all played nicely into Westmead's hands. We're going, uh, get listen, Kevin McGuire back, and I've got a full team to pick from. Um, I'm not going to mention the words, Will. I'm not going to mention the words. Um, we'll come back to that game in just a few minutes time I don't think we've leaderboard have we this thing is an absolute shambles it is as bad as the GA as a GA disciplinary system it's an absolute shambles and a bit like a GA disciplinary system we'll make it up as we go along a bit closer to the time uh, so on that basis let's get straight into the hurling to begin with Galway and getting the fingers from outside Colm that's, that's not that's not the carry on of a Friday morning at uh, this early in the morning if Galway caught any idea who's ha- winning yeah, but I'm sure I'm there, thereabouts, Ashley. After that, I'm not. <laughs> you were at the bottom, Adrian. <laughs> I absolutely. Viewers are winning, Ashley, with entertainment. That's it. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> that's right. Come on, with Tommy is uh, Tommy. I think uh, okay. Gal- Galway Cork to begin with, and it's Galway for everybody apart from you, Ashley. So you better lead us off. Oh God! Right, jeez, I'm surprised with that. Right. Um, well, I, obviously, I was at the Leinster final, and I, I seen Galway that day, and. They were absolutely devastated after that. And I think the biggest thing was that they walked away and they just didn't perform. So they came away from that game knowing we actually just didn't show up. We didn't play the hurling that we know we can play. Um, and yeah, they were just shook by, I think, the physicality of Kilkenny. And they just, yeah, they, they were just way stronger on the day. Um, and I just think to bounce back from that hurt, it's going to be tough to do. When Cork, I've only seen them once now in person this year, seen them against Tipperary, which I know Tipperary haven't really been at the races this year, but I just I just found that things were clicking for them. Um, Conor Dehan, I think he's unbelievable for them this year. And yeah, he's just been putting up some great scores. And I think overall, I just think there's big performances in them. It took them a while to get going, but I just feel that they, they, they might edge it because of how Galway played in that Leinster final. I think it's going to be tough to... To come back from that, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be close. It was a hard one to pick, but uh, yeah, I, I do stick by yeah Cork doing it. Uh, it's and like it absolutely has one of those fixtures that could make mugs of the rest, the four of the rest of us. Patrick Horgan on the bench uh, for Cork again. Well, I see uh, this morning. Are, there is this thing of you know, there, could they be better off without him? And we'll see. Does he start obviously on the day? Maybe they are better off without him. I don't know. But the absence of his name from the team sheet, if it plays out that way, almost in itself gives Galway a bit of a list, a lift. Yeah. Look, I'm not entirely convinced that he won't start. He's obviously named within the match day squad, so they could make a late change before the game at Temple Stadium tomorrow. Look, there is a strong case to say that their best hurling of the year so far has come in the last three fixtures. 
and they have maybe benefited since the Waterford game when Tim O'Mahony went into that inside forward line and creates a different option to Patrick Horgan. We've seen the stats throughout the championship that Conor Lahan has been getting through a remarkable amount of work and the rest of the Cork forward line. And maybe, despite the championship's best uh, strikesman of all time, the top scorer in the championship of all time, he's probably the best shooter that they have among their group. But maybe the group works better without him on the pitch. I'm still not entirely convinced that he won't start tomorrow, though. Uh, this is the toughest game of the weekend to actually call, though. Like This one is a literal yeah. 50-50. Galway have won the last four championship meetings against Cork. You can't overlook entirely, though, the way that Galway played in the Leinster final, and particularly their inefficiency in front of goal. Their shooting was really poor. But this should set up nicely for Galway's physicality against this Cork team. They'll feel that they can bully them. They'll feel that there's been one poor performance in Henry Shefflin's side so far this year. They dust off what happened at Croke Park in the Leinster final, where there was some good stuff from Galway, but very poor work in front of goal, and that they can get back to form against Cork. The big worry I would have if you were back in Galway in this game is that Cork's pace and that forward unit could cause problems for Galway during the game. Ooh, this, for me, is an absolute coin toss, but... I. Just got to edge towards Galway in this one to get to the semi-finals. It feels like it's a coin toss because it's a fixture we don't see very often in the hurling championship. Like you say, it's four wins in the bounce for Galway. The last of those was in 2015. So when I'm looking at this, I'm not sure does it does it feed into it too much. But for me, it was listening to Tommy Walsh during the week, and I think Tommy actually tipped Cork. But it was his analysis of Galway that got me a little bit hopeful for Galway. Was that he was saying that their Leinster final showing was down to inaccuracy, and that with a bit more accuracy up front, a bit more of a sharp edge in attack. They would have won that game against Kilkenny. And for me, that's a thing that is not even fixable over the, the last little while, but something that could have just gone the other way for them. And they could well be Leinster champions at this moment. I do think, though, that it is like a randomness around these these quarterfinals and it's going to be a bit of a mad game. I'd agree with Will that it's probably the hardest game of the weekend to call. But it's just that before two weeks ago, I would have said that Galway have a higher ceiling than Cork and are, and are a better team than Cork. How damaging is that defeat in Croke Park to Galway is then the question. And after listening to Tommy Welch during the week, I'm not entirely sure it is. I think it's just that accuracy bit that they need to fix. And I guess because I'm picking Galway, I predict that they will fix that. They need to put, to fix their puck out as well, Owen, which is the other huge problem that they had against Kilkenny. I'm sure that like Andy Murphy has been working on that and the rest of the Galway management team would have been working on that for the last couple of weeks. They gave away a tremendous amount of ball back to Kilkenny in their own puck outs. Their own puck out was very slow. And that edged... It kind of added a little bit to the poor shooting options that they took when they did get ball back uh, when they recovered their longer puck out. So if they can improve that, I think this Galway team, I'd agree with you, probably have a higher ceiling than Cork. And with Cork, we're basing everything on recent form. But then again, recent form might be very important if they come in with a huge steam behind them in Turles tomorrow. Yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose like the the when you look at it there is definitely a case for Cork at the defeats this year in the championship have been against Limerick and Clare who most people consider to be the best two teams in the country it's probably uh, you know it's maybe an un- maybe an unfair uh, stick to have beaten them with in the sense of the quality of the opposition and consistency really for both of them well isn't it like that's what we what both sets of fans are crying out for year on year from both of these team- teams they just want to see a bit more consistency yeah, I think if you were a Cork supporter, you would be really concerned if the performance is something like going back to Thurlis, Waterford in the league final, and then the performance tricky second half against Limerick. They perform like that, they're in big trouble against Galway tomorrow. Similarly, if you're a Galway supporter, you're just hoping that it's one bad day in that Leinster final and that they can put all those issues behind them. I think they still have to work out some of their positions within the team. But again, if they can get Mannion firing, if they can get Conor Whelan firing, and I really did not expect that Keenan Fahey would be anywhere near the team. I thought he was going to serve a two-game ban. But mm-hmm. this is what happens when the CCCC 
decide to review evidence on teams as opposed to in person and somebody in Galway was clever enough to pick up that little loophole and eventually it's led to three players being cleared for this weekend and perhaps even far more importantly for Clare the fact they've got two of their key players in Peter Duggan and Rory Hayes available Clare against Wexford here's how we've gone and let's have a look now and see we're going to come to that in a second I suspect that it's um, and it is Clare across the board Uh, Clare for everybody uh, unanimous. Well, sorry, no. Like it's not always unanimous things that blow up in our faces, but it generally is. But I think, I think that, <laughs> I think that, like, uh, like the only sort of slight caveat is maybe for Clare with the, like I said, they they probably are considered to be the second best team in the country at the minute. The per- perhaps actually the the slight emotional come down almost from having run Cl- uh, Limerick so close the last day, and maybe the physical come down of obviously it going all the way into extra time and all that. Like maybe that's the one caveat. But like we talked about the ceiling of Cork and Galway, the ceiling of these two teams is vastly different. Yeah, I do think it's going to be a lot closer than we think. And uh, we talked to Tommy Walsh the week, me and Owen, and. He actually thought that Claire, you know, trying to bounce back from this will be ex- extremely tough for them. When I didn't really think it would be as tough because I think that they're, they're definitely the most second most informed team maybe all year so far. And I think they'll be raring to get back out there and put up another big performance and show that they, they should be going a lot further this year. You know, this shouldn't be where they, they drop out and... I didn't think at all that they would be coming off the back of a loss and it'll be tough for them when Tommy was really concerned um, in, in that way that, you know, it would be tough for them. I think that the hurling that they played all year, um, they're a brilliant, brilliant team. It's been gr- brilliant to see them really coming to their potential. And yeah, the only thing with Wexford is, look, they are so dangerous when they get going. When you see the likes of Leach and Conor McDonald link up inside, they're very dangerous to stop. But now you're seeing Claire getting the likes of Peter Duggan, Rory Hayes, like successful um, appeal their bands as well. So they have this boost again coming in. So it's a tough one to call. I do, I do think it's going to be a lot closer than we think. But uh, yeah, I do think that, that Claire will definitely edge it. Are you having the closeness, Will? Or what, what's your prediction of uh, points difference here? I would have thought it would have been a lot closer if the two lads were suspended yeah. as opposed to cleared midweek. Um, look, Damien Reck has obviously got a very important detailing job to do on Tony Kelly. We expect tomorrow afternoon. If he can try and keep Tony Kelly anywhere quiet at all, Wexford will be able to keep that scoreline a lot closer than they will if Tony Kelly is uh, running around and gets the freedom of Semple Stadium as we saw in the Munster final. Like, I don't know, it's a huge boost for Clare to have the two guys back. I don't buy the idea that psychologically they're going to have any issues coming back from the Munster final. I think, if anything, they might be enamoured from the fact that they've been able to keep uh, Limerick level on three different occasions after 70 minutes this season. And, OK, extra time ran away from them a little bit. I think Limerick had some superior options from the bench, but it wasn't down to anything blowing up in Clare's face or anything like that. They took that game right to the wire in Semple in the Munster final. I think they've had enough of a break to come back. Wexford, if they're going to look for positives, Lee Chin has come in and has improved their free-taking and he's been free-scoring the last couple of games. They performed when the back was up against the wall against Kilkenny and everyone was probably tipping against them going into that fixture. So they're probably coming in under the radar and they'll feel like they can go and give this a right good battle. They've got to get Rory O'Connor into the game. They've got to get Conor McDonald firing. A lot has to go right for Wexford for this to be close, I think. And I'd be very, very surprised if it's not clear going to an All-Ireland semi-final. Is there a different dynamic here, I wonder? Like, just to try and, you know, temper our expectations here on Clare a little bit, even though we've all tipped them. So is there just a different dynamic about Clare now, playing Wexford, a team that they are heavily favoured to beat, compared to literally every game in Munster, where 
not that they came from nowhere to come second in Munster, but most people wouldn't have had them in their top three. So it's not just the Limerick games where they had this sort of fighting underdog chance. It kind of felt like every game that Clare went into, they had this sort of underdog mentality. Now that things have shifted considerably where they are expected to put on a performance this weekend and expected to beat Wexford by a few points, I just wonder how that might actually factor into their performance this weekend. Also, when we're assessing Clare... Are Clare the second best team in the country or are Clare actually just the number one team when it comes to beating or potentially beating Limerick? Mm-hmm. I think those are two very different things. Now, in fairness, if you come second in Munster, you're probably going to be close to being the second best team in Ireland anyway. The table doesn't lie, to, to use that old cliche. But just those two things are, are giving me a little bit of cause for concern. Like reading David Fitz's column this week as well, he says that it's been given the prime fixture in Thurles this weekend because the Chiefs realise that this is actually going to be the best game of the weekend. And... I'm not sure. Like I always get nervous when I see a unanimous pick in these quick picks, uh, yeah. but uh, those those two factors are are in the back of my head. But again, those are intangibles, and when you look at the actual things you can you can quantify, you have to back Claire for this. Um, it is a perfectly valid question as to whether they're more suited to play Limerick versus a Kilkenny or a Galway, and we'll 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 see uh, we'll see about that starting this weekend. Uh, right, let's move on to the football, and um, we're going to move into the Talton Cup semi-finals, obviously, and we're going to kick off at Westmead Offaly. Sorry, we're going to kick off at Sligo Cavan, and uh, it's Cavan across the board here, Ashling. I don't know what case there is to be made for uh, for Sligo here. Are you, you're not feeling this one's going to be close, are you? Not really. I know it's like they bet London, then they went on to beat Leitrim then in the, the quarterfinal, that penalty shootout. And then Calvin, obviously, we know they, they bet down and then Fermanagh. So the only concern is that at the moment, Calvin haven't been tested other than coming off, say, um, their, their Ulster games. So that's my only concern that in this last few few games, they haven't been tested. So is there a bit of complacency going to slip in there? But I think overall, if you, if you look at the team, I think Calvin are a hell of a lot stronger I think at the very start of the Talton Cup, I, I definitely tip them to go the whole way. But um, I do think that Sligo, they're, they're the up-and-coming team for sure. They put on some really good performances, that Leitrim game in particular. Um, it was a brilliant game. So I do think it, it can be close, but I think if Cavan show up, play how we know they can play, I don't think it's uh, it's going to be too close in the end. But yeah, yeah, I know I'm going to say the Cavan are going to win well. Over to the stronger side of the draw and Westmead and Offaly uh, going at it this weekend and it's uh, Westmead across the board here. Will is obviously playing a bit of uh, you know yourself and uh, trying. I to... knew you'd accuse me. Of this. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> no, but like, like look, hours ago, so I was like, you oh, were, I'm going to be accused of some kind of I, double. I, I'm one. with you. I'm totally with you on the points you're making in terms of like I've seen a good bit of Westmead this year and um, from the sideline and they've been really impressive in patches and games. Honestly, like I think I've seen patches of them against. Uh, Longford for example down in Mullingar where they played for 20 minutes of the second half of the first half and if they were to play like that against any other team in Leinster any other team in Leinster they would genuinely give them a good run for their money but we talked about consistency earlier on um, there's loads of quality around the team um, Wallace uh, Luke Lachlan and he hasn't play- started every game Heslin clearly Sam McCartan has come on a lot uh, Ray Canellan on his day when those players are, are firing and going well and they've obviously a couple of players back this week genuinely when I've seen them up close they've looked so impressive but they just also have the tendency to just disappear out of games for, for long periods of time uh, they'd long for that beating out the gap and suddenly just almost um, packed it in to the point that the game became somewhat competitive after that so I, it's just on that basis it's obviously the factors that you mentioned uh, Will in terms of um, 
the couple of really unfortunate injuries picked up in the Offaly camp during the week and the virus. I think I'd absolutely go with you. It was a fairly 50-50 game up to that, but you'd have to lean towards Westmeath on the basis of that. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I mean, it's contrasting fortunes when it comes to the injuries. So, Offaly have been incredibly unlucky with injury, particularly with the Wexford game away from home in the Leinster Championship. It seemed that some of them were just starting to clear up. And then it was confirmed that John Furlong's injury was worse than first feared. So, he's going to be out for six months. And then 15 minutes later, in the middle of a drill, Niall Darby, very experienced and important player for the team, uh, goes over on his knee. And unfortunately, he's ruptured ligaments in his anterior cruciate in his knee. So, it may well be the end of his intercounty career. Although, Jack Cooney, the Westmead manager who would have managed him for four years at club level with Road, uh, is convinced that he'll be back for next season, that he won't want the disappointment of uh, missing out on the opportunity of playing in a huge game in Crow Park to be left behind. He won't want his career to end uh, with an injury as opposed to on the pitch on his own terms. Like, this is intriguing. We're talking about Damien Reck against Tony Kelly. Like, it's going to be probably Johnny Maloney, the Offaly captain, up against Westmead's marquee forward in John Heslin. Westmead have got some very important players back from injury in recent weeks, like Jamie, uh, James Dolan, I should say. Uh, they've also got Jerry Egan fit this year, Kieran Martin fit this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, kind of injuries that caught up with Westmead a little bit in the championship. This time round, uh, it seems that they're just clearing up at the right time. Kevin Maguire coming back from suspension is totally key because he's going to be the guy who's going to be detailed on Niall McNamee at the far end. And the last time against Carlo, Westmead really struggled when direct ball was put into the forward line. Carlo caused lots of problems for them, despite the fact that Westmead won that game quite comfortably. So, mm-hmm. awfully, you've got firepower in their inside forward line. They've got a very unique situation where Niall McNamee is going to play at full forward. And you've got two guys who were less than one year old when he made his championship debut playing either side in Jack Bryant and Keith O'Neill. So that speaks to the longevity of Niall McNamee, the current top scorer in the Talton Cup. So yeah. I think it would have given Offaly a lot more hope if Niall Darby had been fit and if this week hadn't been as disruptive as it was. But the last few times that Offaly and Westmead have played, Adrian, as you well know, it's been incredibly close. None of them have been classics. I'm not expecting this one to be particularly open in Crow Park at the weekend. But for Offaly, first time since 2014 they've played a championship match in Crow Park I think Westmead's Crow Park experience as much as Jack Cooney was playing it down when I was chatting to him in Crow Park yesterday has to be a factor too like it's only a few weeks ago they played Kildare there they've been regularly going to semi-finals got to a couple of Leinster finals there a lot of their panel have got experience of playing there by comparison to Offaly last time they went to Crow Park they got hammered by Derry in a Division 3 final last year I'm sure we'll be we daffed the captain John Mahan earlier on and the job that he's done there and he's got a very smart back uh, backroom staff uh, some big names and some lesser names and they're they're cooking along nicely and I'm sure they've been looking at that game and Westmead were also susceptible to that um, quick ball into the full forward line against Kildare really probably e- probably as well Adrian John Mahan's last year so it's going to be intriguing to is see is it really yeah is that I think so. I, I think that's the feeling at the moment. Now, look, if he wins the Talton Cup, he's got a very strong argument if he goes to Michael Dyden and says he wants another year. Has he not uh, got a strong to, case anyway? I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, disappointment with the relegation from Division 2 the yeah. this year. Um, Talton Cup run has been decent, but the caveat would have to be that Offaly have had a very favourable draw to get Wexford, Wicklow and New York for this run to the semi-final. It's been Division 4 opposition across the board for a team who were operating at Division 2. Whether it's Declan Kelly, whether it's Tomas O'Shea that takes over the team next year, kind of remains to be seen, but it kind of feels like Tomas O'Shea is definitely being set up to be part of the management team for next season. But I think Tomas great credit. He's used 9 of the under-20 from last year it would have been very easy when you go into the final year of your term to say I'm going to use the players I have available and the 20s can be eased in he's mm. actually developed quite a few players this season even if not every office supporter entirely agrees with the style of football that they play or whatever else I think uh, generally this has been a pretty positive year for Offaly and hopefully I'm going far more hope than expectation they might get two days in Crow Park as opposed to one 
What are you thinking, Ashley? Is it close or what are you thinking? I'm surprised by that. John Mahonews, I think he's doing a, a great job in there and it feels like he's building. So, and as, as Will said about the 20s coming up as well, I think it's really exciting times for Offaly football. And as you've all said already, like it would have been so different if, you know, Offaly didn't have the massive blow, especially of, of Niall Derby. That's really sad news to hear that because it's extremely tough at that age to, to get an injury like that and yeah to be knowing that you're going out to Crow Park to play in a semi-final just yeah really tough for him um, but yeah hopefully we'll see him back but yeah on, on the basis of that then you look at Westmead and you see look they even got the, the likes of Kevin Maguire back in there so they were getting a boost that way so yeah I think that Westmead will edge it but uh, yeah it would have been a totally different game I think if Offaly didn't have the, the injuries and the virus as well. I think it would have been totally different. Yeah, like the factors of Westmead being more familiar with Crow Park, something we discussed earlier on. I think that their performance against Kildare wasn't perfect or anywhere close to it a few weeks ago, but it was a 2.15 they scored in that game. It was a very good offensive performance. When you talk about it not being a classic will, I think that if it does turn into a classic, I think uh, Westmead will win this game. Uh, if it's tighter, I'm not as confident in them, but I've still backed them. Um, I think the Cork Park factor is actually probably more intriguing for the other game on Sunday, Sligo against Cavan. Did I read somewhere that one of the Sligo players has never even been to Crow Park, let alone oh, playing in Crow Park? <laughs> so th- there's like definitely more of a, a novelty about that fixture and more of a novelty about Crow Park in that. And also, uh, we've got a Daffar cap to Tony McEntee, who, as a non carry man, has done and performed the Yera of the Year, I would say. Uh, he says that um, we played down in a challenge match and lost by five or six points, so there is still that gulf between ourselves and Cavan. Cavan are probably a Division 2 team, and we are a strong Division 4 team. So that's mm-hmm. exactly how you motivate your team to, to, to go in as, as underdogs on Sunday, and, and maybe Sligo will do something special. Yeah, he used that exact line with me as well, Owen, yesterday. So obviously right, he, okay. uh, he's well he practiced. Had planned before he went in, yeah. Yeah, a couple of crackers on the TV, and uh, we'll. How have you never been to Crow Park? That is That's crazy. That's mad, isn't it? Sligo's a long way from Dublin, and not not too many opportunities to to go there during the year. So, I think another yeah. good start in the championship games just before we finish up, lads. Niall Murphy has obviously been long serving for Sligo. Again, I was chatting to Tony McIntyre yesterday. He was saying he's going to play five championship games this summer. He's played 15 championship games in his entire career. So it just goes to show the benefit of the Talton Cup to provide more games for counties like Sligo, who generally have been going out in the first round of the qualifiers in recent years. Yeah, it's win-win. Fair play, Will Ashing. Thanks, William. Thanks, lads. Cheers, lads. That's quick picks. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.